continue our Advent series that East Randolph and Cornerstone are doing together. My assignment this morning is the faithfulness of the Prince of Peace. And I want to ask you a question in the beginning is to consider how much this month have you been thinking about the faithfulness of God? We all are super busy with whether shopping, decoration, all the just crazy things that go on really all the year long, but especially now. And have we paused to consider the faithfulness of God? God's people should always be thinking about the faithfulness of God. But in the fullness of time, as Galatians 4 said, God sent forth his son born of a virgin. So we as his people should be regularly meditating, thinking on the faithfulness of God. And then the second question is, have you been thinking about the faithfulness of God in your own life personally? Um, I'm a typical Vermonter, borderline pessimistic at times, but that should be the case for God's people. We should be the most optimistic people of all because of the God we serve and the promises he makes, the promises that have been fulfilled specifically in the Prince of Peace. So let's go ahead and read our passage again. Isaiah 9. Start in verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his, for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Father, we thank you that you, you have brought a child. You did bring a child roughly 2,000 years ago. The wonderful counselor, Prince of Peace, who went to the cross reconciling sinful man with a holy God for all who will come by faith. Lord, help us today to celebrate your faithfulness and may it propel us to be even more faithful, serving you and loving others. Lord, I pray that you would help me to rightly communicate your word to your people that first honors you and that helps us and better equips us to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. Help us, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. So just a little bit of a review from our series we've been doing together. Week one, God restores the relationship between man and himself. God provides light, joy, relief, and peace. This is only in and through the work of Jesus. Week two, God promises a deliverer, a child. 
This child is a gift, a reminder, a promise fulfilled, a remedy. And this child will rule and reign. And we know that this child is the Lord Jesus. Week three, we were reminded that Jesus is a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. With each name, we are reminded of the nature of this child that would be born. And today, my assignment is the faithfulness of the Prince of Peace. And I think it's really helpful for us if we're going to really understand the faithfulness of the Prince of Peace is we need to confess that we're not very faithful. I think one of the reasons we don't celebrate more the faithfulness of God is we don't have a good grasp of ourselves. I found this great song that I, I'm hoping that, uh, I need to submit this to Aaron, that maybe both churches would learn for next year. It's a, it's a song not too old. It's by a ministry called Sovereign Grace, and the title really says it all. O come all you unfaithful. Listen to the words, fear not, I will not sing. That would be incredibly painful. Oh, come, all you unfaithful come, weak and unstable. Come, now you are not alone, oh, come. Barren and waiting ones, weary of praying, come. See what your God has done. Christ is born. Christ is born. Christ is born for you. Oh, come, bitter and broken. Come with fears unspoken. Come, taste of his perfect love. Oh, come, guilty and hiding ones. There is no need to run. See what your God has done. Christ is born. Christ is born. Christ is born for you. He's the Lamb who was given, slain for our pardon. His promise is peace for those who believe. He's the Lamb who was given, slain for our pardon. His promise is peace for those who believe. So come, though you have nothing, come. He's the offering. Come, see what your God has done. Christ is born. Christ is born. Christ is born for you. Christ is born. If we're honest, we know that we're not very faithful. We're not very faithful to our God. We're not always very faithful to our relationships either, are we? But there is a God who is faithful. Through the course of time, through the hundreds of years, He has faithfully loved and pursued His people. In Isaiah, these people were a train wreck. And yet God promised one would come. Is that not us? Is that not you and me? We too are the unfaithful, and yet we have a God who has revealed himself in the person and work of Jesus that is the faithful Prince of Peace. Our passage again in verse 7. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth forevermore. No end and forevermore. 
These are words that describe God's faithfulness in Christ. Earthly kingdoms rise and fall. Temporal good things rise and fall. But God's faithfulness in Christ is eternal, no end, and forevermore. One of the things that unfortunately taints our view of the faithfulness of God is we have a, a real problem of getting disappointed with people really easily. You know, it's like, oh, we're good until you mess up. We, we expect people to do that which only the Lord can do. Only He is perfectly faithful. I've seen it all the time. People leave the church because someone disappointed them. It's like, who are you looking to? We are to look to our God, who is faithful forevermore. And rightly understood, this will not only propel us to give greater worship of Him, it will cause us to be even more faithful in our relationships with one another. But if we lose sight or don't understand the significance of the faithfulness of our God and the way He has tarried with His people for hundreds of years, we will easily become disappointed in one another. And we are to look to Him. And the birth narrative reminds us that for hundreds of years, God had been faithful to His people. They were waiting. And one day, the Savior would come in the fullness of time. Galatians 4 is my favorite scripture pertaining to the birth narrative. In the fullness of time, God would come, send forth His Son, born of a virgin, to redeem His people. They had been waiting for hundreds of years. And at the right time, God sent His Son. And we read of His kingdom that is no end and forevermore. Our human relationships are temporal. We will be hurt and we will be disappointed by one another. I tell people all the time, listen, if I haven't hurt you yet, it's coming. I will. It won't be my intention. But I won't always be faithful, nor will you. But we have a God who sent His Son, the Prince of Peace, and His kingdom is without end and forevermore. This is the God we are to turn our gaze to and worship. We also read in our passage, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This zeal refer refers to God's passionate involvement for His people. Do you think of God that way? That He looks at you as His child with a passionate love. It's not like, I think some of us have the view, God's up in heaven scowling looking at us like, those morons. You know, us as unfaithful parents, we struggle to love our kids correctly, don't we? But you know, most of us, we don't love our kids based upon their performance, do we? I hope we don't. Nor is that the way our Heavenly Father loves us. He has a zeal for us. He has a zeal to point us to the Prince of Peace and fulfill all His promises because He's faithful. As one commentator said, Jesus is the final King, the King to end all kings. Justice and righteousness will mark this King and His kingdom will have no end. Nations rise and fall. Relationships rise and fall. But now God's kingdom. Daniel 7 speaks of an everlasting kingdom. The birth narrative in Luke refers to this never-ending kingdom. Luke 1, 26 and following. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin to betroth to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. 
And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favor one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greetings this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. In Luke 1, the angel's message speaks of Jesus' kingdom that will never end. Isaiah refers to this kingdom with no end. Faithfulness over the long haul. It's one of the things that's missing in our world today. We are a quitter society. You know, back in the day, I'm, I'm not super old, but getting there is like... People would work at the same company for 30 or 40 years. People would stay married. Now, easy come, easy go. But that's not our God. The God of the Bible is faithful over the long haul. You know, you don't have to read too far in the Bible to realize God's people have always been fickle. You know, I, I'm reading through my Bible reading plan for the year, and that's tough slogging. And some days I'm like, Lord, I don't even feel like I understood half of what I read. But one thing I see time and time again is God's faithfulness to his people. Time and time again. You know, if I was the Lord, I would have cast them out. I'd say, you fools. How many times? Do I have to love you and deliver you? And you just keep going back to your idols and all your foolish thinking. But that's not the God of Scripture. And the birth narrative reminds us that this has been, this has been going on for seven to eight hundred years before this prophecy was made. And God's people waited. 2 Samuel 12 speaks of the one who would come after David, establishing a kingdom that would have no end. He establishes and upholds this one is Jesus Christ. Colossians 1, 15 and following. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. A significant part, if not the most significant part of Advent, is the Incarnation. God becoming a man. God coming in flesh in and through Jesus. The Prince of Peace is one with God, a complete person. And this Prince of Peace made peace between God and man through the blood of his cross.
Jesus, God in flesh. Because Jesus was fully God, we can study God's attributes and know they are the attributes of Jesus. So I have a great book. If you don't have it, I would encourage you. There's a wonderful book on the attributes of God um, by A.W. Pink. And uh, for those of you who don't know me, um, I like uh, the books I like uh, need to be two things. One is they need to be biblical, and two is small. Like, I have books like this, and I'm like, maybe someday. Now I'll probably never read that book. This is, this, there's a lot of punch in this book. The Attributes of God, A.W. Pink. So what I did this week is look up characteristic of God, which is His faithfulness. And Pink says three things. Number one, God is faithful in preserving His people. God is faithful in disciplining His people. God is faithful in glorifying His people. God's faithfulness is revealed in His story of redemption. God had faithfully preserved His people for hundreds of years before the coming of Messiah. And God is faithfully preserving His people now for the second coming of Messiah. He could have pulled the plug on us a long time ago. But He never has. He faithfully preserves His people. Um, in East Randolph, we're going to start the book of Jude in January. Listen to the opening of Jude. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, beloved in God the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. God is keeping us. I know you guys sing that wonderful song, He Will Hold Me Fast. I can't sing that song without crying. To think that the Lord Jesus would continue to put up with me. I was raised in church, I know better, and yet I still tend to slip into wrong thinking. And we see God's faithfulness all over the pages of Scripture as He continues to keep His people. Do you see it in your own life? Do you see how over the course of time God has kept you, He's preserved you, He's faithfully loved you, and you and I are never getting what we deserve? See, our God isn't, if you're naughty or nice, you get good gifts like Santa. You are naughty, and you get good gifts. That's a super good deal. It comes from a faithful God. And this God is faithfully preserving His people. It was true of the God's people in Isaiah's day. It's true of the church today. Remember, Jesus says, I will build my church. He's faithfully preserving His people. God is faithful, and we don't think of this one very often. God is faithful in disciplining His people. It's not normal for us to think of God's discipline as an element of God's faithfulness. Listen to what Pink says. Now, you can tell Pink died a long time ago. We don't talk like this. This is almost like King James English. Pink says this. When God smites us with the rod of chastisement, it is faithfulness which yields it. Let me read that again. When God smites or disciplines us with the rod of chastisement, it is faithfulness which yields it. You know, I've never seen a parent go after, see a child go after a ball and just let them run across the road and see what happens. You ever seen that? No, because nobody's that terrible of a parent. And yet, we somehow find it odd that part of God's faithful love is to discipline us. 
but he's preventing us from completely making a train wreck out of our lives. I've actually found, and don't worry, I'm not your pastor, so you're safe. I've started actually praying for people in the church that God would discipline certain people. Because they have not listened to reason. They don't want help, and they're headed down a bad road. This kind of discipline comes from a loving, faithful God. The Bible says God disciplines those He loves. He doesn't do it because He's ticked off and wants to get us. He does it to correct us because He loves us. So we see God's faithfulness in disciplining His people. We also see God's faithfulness in glorifying His people. Romans 8.30 And those whom He predestined, He also called. And those whom He called, He also justified. And those whom He justified, He also glorified. Let me say this simply. God, if you are a Christian, God is going to faithfully get you to heaven. That's awesome. Because some days I don't feel very Christian. But God's going to get me there. That's our faithful God. Jesus arrived to reconcile himself to all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So the question is, do you have peace with God through Jesus? Have you been reconciled to God through Christ? It's very unfortunate in our world we have a lot of religions, don't we? And all religions are this. Do this and hope you get favor with whatever God. I have a friend that just got back from India. And he said, it's just crazy, all the idols. And they're just kind of hoping it's going to all work out. And if I do enough, maybe God will bring me into his heaven. What did you and I do to get into heaven? We sinned. And God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's a faithful God. And so if you are not at peace with God, friend, I beg you, be reconciled to God. Look to Jesus. Do you see the need for reconciliation? You know, whenever I meet people, professing believers that refuse to reconcile with others, you know if they've forgotten? They've forgotten what the Lord Jesus did. Because you, you and I do not have a leg to stand on ever harboring anything against anyone else when we understood the vast measures to which the Lord Jesus went to save sinners like us. This is our faithful God. God's people waited for the first advent, and today we wait for the second advent. The second coming of Christ. 2 Peter 3, 9 and following. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar. And the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. And the earth and the works that are done will be exposed. 
Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to live? Be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God. Because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt and burn. Verse 13 of 2 Peter 3. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and new earth in which righteousness dwells. For those of you that know me, I, I like heaven. I I'd like to be there this afternoon. Well, I, I don't care what's under the tree. It's going to be in the rubbish heap in a couple years at best anyway. But see, as God's people, the church, we are eagerly waiting. When the faithful God brings His people to heaven, a new heavens and new earth. And so today we wait too. And we are to be faithful. We're to live holy lives, waiting, expecting. Our faithful God will do it. And we are to live faithful lives, eagerly waiting. And we're to be telling others, like the great Christmas song, Go Tell It on the Mountain. You and I know countless of people that are not ready for the return of Christ. And one of the reasons we feel like the church has felt for years that God is being a bit slow in bringing about this promise is Peter tells us the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise but is patient not wishing that any should perish so when people say uh, you, people get all wound up with end time stuff and if you're that person just stop please you're wasting your time people have been arguing about this for years but you know what is av very evident that we're to live a certain way and we're to share the gospel because there's a whole lot of people that are not ready. And God's patience is evidence for more opportunity for them to know the faithful God and turn away from their faithfulness through Jesus. We need to take God at His word. Allow the faithfulness of this God to comfort us, to encourage us, to give us a reason to praise Him. To go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. God's faithfulness is revealed in His Word in the fullness of time, bringing the Prince of Peace, and He will come again. Let us be a blessing to the world by trusting Christ and reflecting His character and love in all of our ways. Maybe you, like me, are struggling to see God's faithfulness this Christmas. Well, Turn your gaze to a manger, to a cross, and the promise of His return. This Advent, please take time to think about the faithfulness of our God as revealed in Scripture. I recommend if you have a wood stove, do it there. That's a great place. 
the dog's licking my coffee this morning and I'm sitting down just meditating, thinking about good God to me. We see it clearly in the scripture, but do you see it clearly in your life? The way God has carried you all these years and been faithful. God is so faithful. It is astounding when we honestly consider our struggle to be faithful to Him. And yet this God is rich in mercy, loving, and continuing to be faithful in and through the work of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. You and I have been given many reasons to love Him and adore Him, and we have given Him many reasons to give up on us. But that's not His character. And as I say in East Randolph a lot, nobody loves you like that. Nobody. According to his promise, we are waiting for the new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness swells. Praise God for the faithfulness of the Prince of Peace. Oh, Father, I would be cut to the quick if the people in this room just knew my lack of faithfulness this week. And yet, your steadfast love endures forever. Great is your faithfulness. Father, thank you for sending the Prince of Peace to make peace through the blood of his cross. Father, for any who are struggling particularly this year, I pray that your spirit would draw their hearts and gaze to things above and they would not take my word for it, but that they would take your word for it and walk by faith and not by sight. Oh, Father, help us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.